From Beirut, Lebanon, this is Makram Abul Hassan. And you are listening to the K Jazz Show with Unwako on 97.2 Kofifi FM. guest this Sunday is Jordi Pujol. He is the founder and executive producer from the jazz label Fresh Sound New Talent, a label that has had a privilege of recording some of the best contemporary jazz musicians, renowned artists like Brad Meldow, The Bad Plus, Kurt Rosenwinkel, Jeremy Pelt, Robert Glasper, and Abishai Cohen are some of the names on this catalog. Based in Barcelona, Fresh Sound Records has been dedicated to entirely you know, jazz since producing hundreds of LP and CD reissues compilations and working for the restoration of previously unreleased historical recordings and over the years fresh sound has also actively contributed to the production of over 1000 original recordings by you know the most relevant american and spanish jazz artists as well as musicians all over europe and jordi joins us today you know as we take a walk with him to reflect on 30 years of this label and also get to listen to some of his artists that he's brought to share with us this afternoon good afternoon jordi and welcome to South Africa and welcome to Coffee FM 97.2. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for joining us. You know, um, you have been a jazz enthusiast from a very young age. And, um, you know, you picked up, uh, you grew up listening to the likes of Charlie Parker and many others. And you picked up the trumpet, you know, at the age of 14 and ultimately found yourself in jam sessions. You know, I want to talk about your upbringing with the music and how you were introduced to jazz music. Well, uh, my father was a, a fan from the swing era especially uh, the big bands. And we had records at home uh, that uh, were mostly for uh, orchestras like Len Miller, Tommy Dorsey, Artie Shaw, Les Brown, all that, those kind of uh, swing orchestras. Also, <clears throat> some of the Ellington and Count Basie uh, records that were some of the few jazz albums that were uh, possible to find in, in Spain. Uh, well, obviously, Louis Armstrong too, but uh, not too much... Uh, things were available in those years. And, and that's what I was listening at home. Uh, also some mainstream albums like uh, Johnny Hodges, uh, Ben Webster, uh, uh, or Lester Young, uh, was the most modern things that uh, I can listen at home. Because for my father, uh, when Bebop started, he was a little frustrated because he couldn't understand too much, except when Charlie Parker played ballads. And then he they say, well, then I like it. Uh, I like when he plays that way. But if not, they say, too many notes, man, too many notes. They don't. Yeah. Well, the thing is that um, I, I, I grew up with uh, that that uh, music at home. Uh, and then I, uh, I did my own evolution, trying to find different uh, things in, in jazz. and But uh, I was not yet uh, able to dis- to, to describe to make the difference in between too much on the styles because uh, mm. for me, jazz was really swing music, you know? Yeah. So, uh, well, uh, I became uh, interested in trumpet because uh, it was my favorite instrument. And then I I, I tried to imitate uh, things by uh, Fats Navarro, who was one of, of my idols. Yeah. Also uh, other trumpet players, but that came later, like Lee Morgan, but this was a little later. 
uh, and what happened is that uh, I started to, to to be part of a jam sessions, local jam sessions in a, in a club uh, near to Barcelona, which is a Terrassa Jazz Club. is very a very popular uh, uh, city for jazz. That, mm. That's that's even uh, f- from a certain period of time, uh, it was even uh, more important for jazz than Barcelona. They have their own, their own festival in March every year. And a big big names uh, uh, are uh, appearing on the festival. So the thing is that uh, when they started, they they had a, a hot club, a kind of a hot club like in, in French, like in, in a cab. Um, but they they should close uh, in the eighties because uh, for problems with the fire, you know that new it's problems when something is underground, mm. and then the new legislation uh, they obliged to to do a lot of changes which is impossible so they move it to another uh, another place i i play trumpet just uh, uh, in a jam session i never pretended to be a musician you know because i i was doing this like a hobby but yeah. i had some good opportunities to play with Tete Montoliu in in jam session yeah. uh, <clears throat> because uh, he used to go to terrassa to play
And then I went to France. Uh, in France, I was living in Lyon for four years. And also I was playing with a, a amateur group in the in the hot club uh, of Lyon. Yeah. I, at that time, I was a, a designer, a textile designer. And even my, my boss there was also a saxophone player. And he, he played uh, in the Lester Young style. And it was funny to, to be uh, working in, in a job that I like it and listening to the music that I like. So what I couldn't ask for more, so that's too much for me. Yeah. So the thing is that, well, uh, after uh, four years, I came back to Barcelona and started again playing a little bit. But um, when little by little, I became more interested in, in the West Coast jazz because uh, uh, I remember that in my father's collection, there was a record by Capital. Yes. Capital Records did at the same time as Decca Records. Decca, they, both labels, they make a, a, a history of jazz. Mm -hmm. Four volumes uh, from the old the traditional Dixieland until modern jazz, mm -hmm. and in the volume four of Capital, it was a track by uh, the Dave Pell Octet. So I don't knew who he was. I never heard about him because these records were very rare at that time. And and I play. I had the crashes rim, and I hear that baritone player Bob Gordon and, and the trumpeter Don Fowlerkist, and they say, "Wow, I like it." And I especially like it for the arrangements. I became mm -hmm. a fan of the arrangers. You know, I like it the, those kind of arrangers with a, a lot of interaction between the tunes. Uh, they play the soloist. So uh, uh, we decided to start with the record label. Yeah. The uh, the main reason to that we had at that moment was to release or to reproduce those all recordings that never went uh, reissued again. So they only came one time and that's the end. Yeah. So um, I had a, a, a huge collection that I bought records on auctions and every, I was crazy about buying records everywhere. So the thing is that <clears throat> uh, when we started uh, record labels, because we worked with major labels, Columbia, RCA, EMI, but they had the masters most of the time, but they had not the jackets, no covers. So mm -hmm. uh, I had to blend my cover to copy and they made the record for us. So mm -hmm. that's why, uh, how we started. And wow. then in, uh, obviously I did, I did three albums by Dave Pell. Yeah. And the funny thing is that uh, I, 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 when they were ready, I, I wanted to send these records to him because I, I thought that he would be happy. Uh, finally, I found uh, the place where he was working, and he was working in um, in a Sunset Boulevard building that I I think it was uh, Tambla Motum was there also, but he was not working in Tambla, but he was working with a, a guitar player, uh, Snoof Garrett. I yeah. don't know if you know. Mm. Well, the thing is that uh, <clears throat> I sent the records to him. Let's say one Wednesday, and next Tuesday I already had a letter from him. I say, wow, it's impossible because at that in those years there is no UPS, no FedEx, no DHL. So the things it took longer. So the, what happened is that he was trying to find me to to about his records, and I was trying to find him. So we crossed one to each other uh, the letter. So we became friends, and then in 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 August '84, uh, I went uh, uh, to Los Angeles to record uh, the Dave Pell Octet place again. Yeah. It was uh, an exciting uh, uh, venture for me because it was the first time I went to America 
uh, I had a little more than 30 years old and, and my English was even worse than now. So you can imagine. <laughs> so, so, so it has been so difficult. Yeah. Uh, but well, uh, he introduced me to a lot of producers, record mm. labels, so little mm. by little. I went to LA since then every year, one or two, a couple of times. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
let's reflect on the last 30 years of the label yeah. and and take us to when you really started the label you know the idea mm-hmm. that you could actually be a recording label after the reissues well <clears throat> the way we started i already explained it so uh after that uh obviously i uh tried to make an evolution in the catalog doing more and more uh looking for tapes uh, unreleased tapes um uh, that's why uh i went to la for uh, many years uh and, and i found material that is still i have here is still not released hmm. and but at the same time i i became interested in in in, in the new jazz because doing reissues it's good you i enjoy doing that but uh i had the need to document at least what was happening in the actual scene in the contemporary scene so at the moment i was thinking only uh, record to record uh, young musicians in 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 the barcelona scene the people that started to be known in the early 90s and and little by little is when uh, i went to new york to 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 well, to record uh, all the people that you mentioned before, you know, uh, except that Brad Melder was living in Barcelona for a while. So that's why I had the opportunity to record him yeah. before he signed it for Warner. Wow. Wow. And of course, you know, you then uh, decided to move. In fact, you, you were recording in LA and then you moved to New York City you know, to record young up-and-coming artists from New York City. How different were the the scenes, you know, compared to what you've always now been used to in LA and now you moved to New York? How different were the scenes? How vibrant? Or tell us about what you found that was interesting in New York that you did not see in LA. Well, LA, that's the right question because uh, mm, LA is more at that time was more for all musicians so all the clubs they uh, you you use it to see the same people some people that came from the 50s from the 60s there were no space for clubs for young musicians so that why very few young musicians were living in la mostly went to new york uh, uh, in new york you had all kind of clubs uh, so you can uh, you can have uh, the classic clubs where you see the big names but you have uh, also small clubs that you can see underground jazz that that was i was uh, trying to find you know looking to the those uh, small clubs that were uh, i found really the energy of music that i was trying to find i was not looking for big names i was just looking for new jazz in other yeah. words uh, <clears throat> people that i i started recording uh, in a moment i knew but others I don't really knew, but I like it, the music that they were playing. Yeah. So that's why uh, you find many kind of musicians in, in the label, All many of them related with the New York scene. Some became big, very famous, other not not as much, but still they still play uh, as assignments and they have a lot of work uh, to do uh, in, in, in that area. Yeah, and New yeah. York was uh, really excited, exciting because um, the the that kind of jazz scene for young musicians was uh, very big. You know, uh, many musicians came from all Europe to play there, from South America. Uh, so you found artists from uh, every country uh, that everybody was uh, interested in to be 
adjustment in New York. So that's why many times when I receive letters from musicians that are uh, not Americans, but they always say, I am an Italian musician living in New York. So always New York is part of the that uh, presentation, you know, the yeah. introduction. Yes. Sometimes yes. they live in New York only uh, three months, but the rest of they are in Italy. But still they like to do that because it's like an, a good introduction. I think that the way they think is the what 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 they feel that that's the word that they should uh, use to be uh, in this uh, business in other words.
by the way, Gofifi FM, we're spending time with Jordi Patrol. He is the founder and the producer of Fresh Sounds New Talent. And we are commemorating 30 years of this wonderful label, including reflecting on the milestones and listening closer, you know, to the music from their catalog. Now, you've brought us three artists to share this Sunday, Jordi. Please tell us about these artists and why did you choose them specifically? Well, Rita Anderson uh, it was a, is an amazing, of course, bass player and we did three albums uh, in a row because uh, before that, Business uh, of Spain, which was Space, which was the third album, we already did uh, two albums before. He was part of that group of musicians that I recorded with Chris Cheek, uh, with uh, Jorge Rossi, who was very important for me, um, and then uh, other bass players like Chris Higgins. They were all in the same group of musicians. So <clears throat> when when that in the moment that you decide to record is because something happened that in another recording or you hear him uh, playing a, in a cassette because at that time I remember was no CDs that were all in cassettes yeah. so sometimes I listen to cassettes they say who is that guy I like the music he's doing uh, and Reed was one of the first big names that uh, I recorded in 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 my opinion you know. The three albums he did for Fresh Sound, they're really amazing. I, I choose that one because this one is very spe- special for him and for me, because we, when we did the first two albums with Ethan Iverson, that I discovered Ethan thanks to Reed, because uh, he was part of the album that he recorded for me. And then I say, who is the piano player? So that's why then I recorded Ethan Iverson. Yeah. But um, after the first two albums, when they read, call me and say, hey, Jordi, are you ready to do a third album? Yeah, of course, we'll do it. But this time it will cost you a lot of money. So, wow, <laughs> it cost me a lot of money. Yeah, but but it will be a, a very good album and you don't regret. And, and, and he was right. This album is very important for many musicians. I, I got many uh, emails, uh, many musicians told me about this album, how they influenced them uh, in in their uh, evolution as a musician, just musicians, you know. Uh, For me, it's probably one of the albums that represent more the, if we can call the fresh sound, sound, which I don't believe that exists exactly, but obviously there is an aesthetic in the catalog, you know. So this one could be an example. Then Ari, Ari, I also recorded with other uh, people, with Gael Onolu, so I knew him, so the content was easy. When you start to record with another musician that is part of one of the projects, so we started recording other albums before uh, Connor's Day, and and immediately we have a very good feeling together, and and every time he has a project, he always uh, offered me the possibility to, to keep recording. And his albums always there uh, sell very well. And he, I like because um, I, I feel that every, as I told you before, every time he has something, he told me first, me, uh, if I am interested. And Simon Moulier is a different thing. I hear one time, I don't know who he was. I hear him in Barcelona. He came to play with his group. And he said, wow, this is something different. He, uh, I like vibraphone players, but it's totally different. And then I learned that he was one of the favorite musicians by Quincy Jones, and many people respected him a lot. But at the beginning, was really a, a different sound that he uh, take from his vibraphone and his ideas. Uh, I don't know. You, it's very easy when you listen to him 
uh, you see automatically the difference between uh, uh, another vibraphone player. So mm. many people today, many people plays good. How many musicians are playing good? But not all they have uh, new things to say. And Simon, mm. Simon, it is not Simon. Simon is one of them, and I think that uh, he will be one of the big names in the future.
Speaking of future, you know, any plans? What are the new pl- what are the plans for Fresh Sound New Talent? Any plans to come to Johannesburg to have the Fresh uh, Sound branch in Johannesburg maybe? Well, why not? I never been in South Africa. Well, it's always uh, a very interesting place to visit for me, uh, of course. So if it, if the opportunity arrives one day, why not? But my plans for the future, uh, I've been working in with the uh, London scene, which uh, uh, which is also a very interesting uh, area for, for jazz. <clears throat> After many years without working with uh, English musicians, this last four years, I started to find musicians that I really like. So that's why I did an album uh, uh, documenting the London scene uh, as a celebration for the 30 years of the label. So putting musicians that I already recorded as leaders, I put them in a band and they wrote their own arrangements. And and we did that recording that came out uh, in December last year. Uh, Now I am interested also in, in, uh, especially young musicians, people that is coming from Basel, you know Basel, in Basilea in Switzerland. That's right, yes. Uh, There, there is... uh, a uh, uh, school of, of jazz that with teachers like uh, Jorge Rossi, Mark Turner, Corson Winkel, so people that was involved with, with the fresh sound, early fresh mm-hmm. sound year. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> the, the the young people that came from that school have some kind of a appeal for me, you know, with because they, the teachers they translate their uh, ideas, so they develop ideas ba- based with musicians which are already working. So it's a, a natural connection, you know. Is mm. and I and I, uh, it's amazing. I re- discovered two or three guys that I don't knew, and, and I already recorded. Uh, there is uh, Noé Secula, piano player from France. Uh, Elliot Noitz, a guitar player from Belgium, nineteen yeah. years old only. Amazing, and, and there are more. I can give you more names, but they are still don't known, you know. Mm, but mm. Uh, they, they they are very good musicians and, and I like very much what they do. Jody, you know, before you go, how does one access this vast catalog? Where does one buy the music? You know, how do we how do we form part of the bigger Fresh Sound family? Lead us to where your music is kept, is, is, is kept and how do consumers and collectors of the art, you know, get to purchase the music from you? The best way to, to know what is new is to go to the website, mm-hmm. freshsoundrecords.com. Mm-hmm. Then you go to Blue Sound. Blue Sound is a record store in Barcelona that, that where we sell all the fresh sound products, you know. So that's for the physical. Mm. But you can also listen a little bit of music of every track. So that can give an idea to, to the people who is interested in certain album. And then they can buy physically or go to the digital platforms and listen uh, like other, many people do. Uh, in fact, uh, um, I, I like to do records physically. For me, I think that one day, if people is not going to buy any more physical records, then I will stop. Because I I like, you know, when I have a record in my hands, I see that something that we did together with the musician, with the graphic, you have a product. Putting music online is is like, uh, I don't know, imagine you that we have 600 records online. Yeah. It's, It's like nothing, you know? And people, uh, I, I know that people who buy fresh sounds, uh, they like because uh, uh, they know that uh, I, I keep doing physical CDs 
on the reissues, I do a lot of liner notes, the research, and in in the in the new talent also, I, I ask all the musicians, please, we should make liner notes. Man, people who buy records, they want something else than music. They want mm -hmm. to have a jacket, a, 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 a liner notes, pictures. So in the past, people were not very interested. Musicians, they were not very interested in, in, in putting things in the record because, oh, they say, okay, I already have my website. Yeah, but people is not maybe going to the website. People buy a CD and they like to open. When they listen to the music, they have the, 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 the cover on, in their hands and they read. And, and it's part of the... The, the mysticism of the, 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 the record collector, people who enjoy something, they like to have that, that kind of products, you know. <clears throat> and me, I, I am also a record collector. So yeah. when a record is well presented, looks nice, it's much better, you know. You know, um, I, I just wanted to ask, since you were a trumpet player before, right? And mm -hmm. can we maybe expect a debut album from Mr. Jordi Pujol? To play? Yes. Wow, man, I, I cannot play anymore. It's a, I, I try to play. Uh, I have a trumpet here, not too far, but but I couldn't play. Uh, uh, when I am uh, 70 years old now. And when I had 40, it was already a, almost eight years that I stopped it to play. In my birthday, my wife uh, prepared a, a surprise party. So I, I I went to a jazz club, a, a cobalt drag. Yeah. It was full of people, full musicians. Everybody was waiting, and I said, "Wow, we did see it!" And then they brought me the trumpet. I tried to to blow the trumpet. I couldn't blow. Uh, trumpet, you need to play every day. You know, you cannot stop. Yeah. Uh, many people ask me why you don't play again. Well, uh, maybe, uh, but I don't have time. I have a lot of time with the record uh, producing, uh, writing. It's I think that now I have much more work now that I'm older than when I was young. So every, everything is more complicated, this business, you know. So more, uh, and also then you have WhatsApp, email, uh, uh, telephone. Well, you, you, that's why I work in the night. I work every day until 6, 7 o'clock in the morning, you know. And then I get up at 11.30. But that's the only time I can work in the night. If During the day, so they telephones, message, and things like this, you know. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jody, you know, for joining us this Sunday and sharing this amazing music from the label. And you've created quite an appetite for us, you know, to explore more and certainly look forward to, you know, what you have coming, you know, up in the future for Fresh Sound. And uh, we'll be listening closer you know, to what's new, what's fresh from the label. And of course, looking forward to have you come back and chat to us once again. Okay, so I'm, I'm sure that I will be back if you invite me again. It will be a pleasure, okay? We'd love okay. to have you back. Thank he you. He is the founder and producer and sometimes trumpet player, Jordi Pujol of Fresh Sound's <laughs> new talent on the KJS show. 